we are blessed around here to have the presence of God visit with us so much. And sometimes we might just take it for granted what God does around here. I pray we never take it for granted when the Holy Spirit comes in and moves in a service, moves in hearts. Because, don't take this wrong, I could come in here with a sermon prepared and every word written down and read you a sermon. And to be honest with you, we'd probably have more people if I did something like that because they'd never be unnerved. They'd never be under conviction. If, now, there's nothing wrong with writing it down, honey. I have to write it down some now. I don't remember like I used to. And Satan will make sure that he takes it from you. But I'm saying that we come in and never allow the Holy Spirit room to work and to move. The Word of God is important, very important. The preaching is very important. But God's looking for His people to show that God is in them. It's good that we can say, yes, we're a Christian, but has any of our life ever proved that we're a Christian? If you were taken to court, would you be found guilty as a Christian? Is there enough evidence to convict you of that? Lord, he's a Christian. Ain't no doubt about it, right? When God moves in a service like he has all day today, and you get to thinking about our sister Home going, baptizing, God moving into the service this morning. That ought to put joy in everybody's heart. Our family that we're fixing the card up here for is recovering. And be sure, even if you know Scott or not, sign this card. Whether you know Scott Hensley or not, come up here and sign this card. He'll read a name and he'll read what you've written there. And it'll encourage him. You figure six weeks or so out of your life. Or eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever he's been there. About twelve weeks now or so. And a couple of months of that he probably will never ever remember one bit of it. And to wake up just a day or two before your 50th birthday. And be allowed to hold your family again and, and your loved ones and call them to your bedside. And then the next day you're able to sit upon the side of the bed. There may be a lot of things he can't do. There's one thing we all can do and that's praise God for it. Amen. Amen. Not just him, my dad's out there. 32 days or so in the hospital with COVID. And Thursday, he was able to talk to me and eat like my daddy. Got him a fish dinner and he laid that fish to his hide. Dipping them taters and eating them. And that, hey, that may not mean nothing to you. But it sure does to me. It, it means a lot to me to see my daddy able to, 
stand on his own two feet one more time. But fear of what's going on right now has robbed the joy from a lot of folks. The fear that the word COVID has put in people's mind is really worse than cancer was just a few years ago. Or AIDS. Remember when AIDS first come on the scene, everybody and his brother thought they was going to get it. Stay at home, stay with your spouse, you didn't have much chance of getting it. <laughs> Turn with me again in the book of Romans before I get sidetracked. Chapter number 8. Let me read to you one more time. Verses 14 and 15. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 14, the Bible said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How's you leading tonight? For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Remember what I told you this morning? Sweet Daddy. He's my medadio. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There is a band there. Brother Terry asked the blessing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Charles Wesley wrote a great hymn many, 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 many years ago. Arise, my soul, arise. Listen to this verse in it. My God is reconciled his, notice what he's doing now. He is reconciling you and I, listen to this. My God is reconciled, his pardoning voice I hear. He owns me for his child. I can no longer fear. With confidence now, draw nigh, and Father Abba, Father cry. That's a verse in that song that he penned many years ago. And I got to thinking as I was reading the scripture about that, and I got to thinking about how many cries still today, Abba Father. He's my daddy. He's my sweet daddy. You know, I've noticed over the years, it seems like that, that folks wane from loving God when they come to an altar and receive salvation. 
They'd charge hell with a water pistol that day. And as time wings on, it seems like their love diminishes. They don't trust him. They don't talk to him. They don't come visit him. If you want to see that earthly, go to any nursing home. Any nursing home you want to go to, there's some people in that nursing home that nobody never visits. He said, cry, Abba, Father, my sweet daddy. Is he really that sweet to you? I thought about as I was looking at this scripture and I thought about 2 Corinthians, if you'll turn there with me. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Did you get the word in there? And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Given to us. Hey, did you get that? You have a ministry. Brother Carl Pack used to stand right here with tears in his eyes and a trembling voice and he would sing you met me day by day knew I was astray and you never mentioned him to me how many knows that song you never mentioned him to me you knew I was astray and you never mentioned him to me why would we be that kind of Christian? I heard a brother on television this morning as I was getting ready said there was 143 million professing Christians in America. 143 million professing Christians. Then how do we have abortion? If our nation is so sold out on God, how do we have these things? How is pot becoming legal on every corner? How is the things going on in our government that's going on if there's 143 million Christians? Where is our voice? This that I read to you said, cry Abba. What does that mean? That means lift up your voice. And if we lift up our voice, we ought to lift up our countenance. And if our countenance is lifted up, then there ought to be an example of Christ in us that would show forth. The writer penned that song as he was finding God. He said, my God is reconciled. His pardoning voice I hear. He owns me. He owns me. 
Say that with me. He owns me. Have you sold out completely? Sister Joanne, one of her songs that I love to hear, and she knows I love it, there was a place in my heart that even I wouldn't go. Well, if God owns you, he owns that part too. God owns it all or he don't own it at all. And if there's something that we've held back from God, now listen, we've all sinned and come short. From the pulpit to the back door, we've all sinned and come short. There's no big eyes and little U's here. No one greater than anybody else. For we've all sinned and come short. And if all have sinned and come short, then all needs to be reconciled. But we have mentioned it here tonight as we've mentioned our prayer request for lost loved ones. And the brother and sister was asking about our rags on the wall and our bell. They didn't know about our little box with the pictures in it up here too. See, this church is concerned about lost souls. But this church is also concerned about souls that are saved. Sometimes we get them saved and forget them. Well, we got them saved. That's always after. No, 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 no. We got to help them to grow. Grow in that grace and knowledge. And help them to sell out lock, stock, and barrel to the Lord Jesus Christ. Open that door where you wouldn't let nobody in and say, God, come in. Cleanse me. I'm getting excited up here. I feel something running up and down the windows of my soul. Why? Because I'm talking about a Savior that reconciled me. Put me back in fellowship with God Almighty. Through and by His blood, He reconciled me. As this text explains, it said, therefore, if any man be in Christ. That was a question right there, if. If you're in there. Can I say this tonight to us, church? There's more to it than just saying I'm a Christian. There's more to it than sitting on a pew. There's more to it than going to the river and being baptized. There's more to it than joining the church if you're in Christ. If you're in Christ, you have a job to do. And he laid it out right here. Reconciling, restoring, renewing, making somebody hungry for what you have. Does anybody desire... (laughs) I don't know how to put this any other way. To be like you. In my family, I'm nearly the biggest tensely that there's ever been that they know of as far as weight-wise. Been some taller than me, but they're none wider than me. I hold that record. Thank God I hold a record. And we get together and my first cousins and I that grew up together and worked the farm together and tried to kill one another in many various ways, you know, like rotten grapevines. Anybody ever swung on a grapevine? 
Anybody ever get hurt on a grapevine? Yeah, everybody ever swung on a grapevine. Amen. And we played hard and we loved hard. But we were always looking out one for another. I mean, we might kill each other, but nobody else was jumping in on us. We might be tough on one another, but nobody else could be tough on us. Why? Because we are family. My first cousin, J.D. Hensley, I always say, J.D.'s my hero. I always wanted to be like J.D. And J.D.'s probably... 5'5", five, five, maybe 160 pound, 170 pound. But when I was growing up, J.D. was the man. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? And I wanted to be like J.D. And his brother James, which is a preacher, even to this day, says, why would anybody want to be like J.D.? They're brothers. They love one another. But James just shake his head and said, why would anybody want to be like J.D.? And then I got to thinking, wait a minute. My name is Dennis Hensley. I do not have a middle name. I named my oldest son Dennis James Hensley, not Dennis J.D. Hensley. So I must have really liked James more than I did J.D. anyhow. Because I always wanted my middle name to be James. And I thought about, Lord, if I have a job of reconciliation, let me be busy about that. And J.D. would always say at the family reunions, that boy would have grown into a pretty good man if we hadn't stunted his growth with cigarettes when he was a baby. And me, the biggest one in the crowd there. Church, we got a big responsibility tonight. We have a huge responsibility to be a light to a lost and dying world. We've got a huge responsibility that God discharges with with reconciliation. If you know somebody's astray, you ought to at least mention him every day. Just mention Jesus. You ain't got to preach to them. You ain't got to browbeat them, beat them over the head. Just mention Jesus and what he has done for you. We've been singing songs of blessings here tonight. Are you blessed? (laughs) Do you realize in these two verses he said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are you with me? Those are past tense statements, meaning they are done past. You're ahead of that now. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you understand that? He's saying, you're my children. You're my sons and daughters. That's what he's saying to you and I. Now, let's be honest with you. My precious mother had three of us. This is a pretty one. 
But mama always said, son, you're the only young and I got it looks like me. But you act like your daddy. Can I say this? He's my medadio. Who else am I supposed to look like and act like and talk like and have demeanor other than my daddy? So shouldn't we show Christ if we are Christians? Now I want to help you tonight. This is one of my favorite sayings and everybody here knows what I'm fixing to say. Hey, if it's an act, that's all it is. You ought to be a Christian. It ought to come natural to you to tell somebody about the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. That should be as natural as breathing. Listen, I was born to Hensley and that automatically comes and CSU and I talked about this coming in the door. I've never met a Hensley that didn't grunt at everything. Say amen. All that corner back our noses. We grunt when we eat. This is honest God's truth. My mama called me little bear up until I was about 12 year old. She said, every time you eat, every time you take a bath, every time you put on your clothes, you're growling and grunting just like a little bear. See, it was born in me. My daddy done that. My uncle C.A. done that. So it was in my DNA to grunt and to groan. So if Christ is in me, then my DNA ought to say, Praise God. It ought to come natural. <laughs> My uncle C.A. Hensley is the only one ever grunt to help a bulldozer. He'd get in a hard pull and he'd grunt right along with it. I'd say, Uncle, does that help it? He said, yeah, man, that really helps it. He would. But it was natural. He was straining with the bulldozer. You know the trouble with most Christians? They get saved, set on a pew, and they never take the responsibility of sitting on the pew. They never take the responsibility of when you meet somebody that's lost that you are out there to reconcile. Bring them to Christ. Tell them about the love of God. Turn with me in Hebrews Hebrews chapter number 13, verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he, notice this, has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Are you content with that? Are you with me there in Hebrews 13 and 5? Now verse number six. So that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now I want you to notice something in that sixth verse there. It didn't say what man can do unto me. Are you with me? It said and I will not fear what man shall do. Unto me. I'm glad I'm saved tonight. What about you? I want to tell you something. 
There's a whole lot of folks ought to be glad I'm saved. <laughs> In the book of James, chapter number four. James chapter number four, verse number eight. Said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse what? Your hands. What's that next couple of words? Uh-oh. I'm glad he said that, not me. You would blame me if I said that. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your neighbor's heart, your wife's heart, your children's heart, your heart. You know that's who you're really responsible for, right? You double-minded. What? Double-minded. Double-minded? Has anybody you ever met tossed to and fro? Turn back in the book of Matthew chapter number seven. <clears throat> I didn't line it up for you tonight, did I? Guess what you need to dig. Matthew chapter number seven, verse number 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? I don't know but one way to put this tonight. If you've been asking for things, now stay with me, don't let me lose you and you've not been receiving them, first thing you might ought to do is find out if he's your father. Amen. Am I right, preachers? Second of all, you might ought to find out if it's God's will. I'm going to say Mercedes, and everybody that's been here a long time knows what I'm talking about. You liable to just get what you asked for. Might be the best exercise program you ever had in your life. I, I know I need to lose weight, but don't nobody get me another Mercedes. My back can't handle it. I can't push like I used to. I'm glad to come out with cell phones so I can holler, hey, I need a push. Hello, I wish I'd had one then. But sometimes we ask things that we don't really need. All right, go First John. Does everybody know where that's at? First John, chapter number five, verse number 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. God, I'm, I'm, I'm glad God don't hear and act upon everything that's ever been said out of this mouth. You said it a while ago. We've said some things in anger that we should never have said. You ever said, God, just kill them. They deserve it. Kill them. Make toast out of them. Boy, ain't you glad God didn't do that to you when somebody was praying that on you? 
Because somebody probably said the very same thing about you. That heathen just kill him. I speak for myself. He's probably hundreds said that. Kill that heathen. He ain't ever going to be no good. Right? Miss McCormick, God bless your heart. I can't never talk about this subject without thinking of her. And I'd go to the classroom, get my cookie and my Kool-Aid and jump out the window and run off. And when I got saved and went back out there to preach and she come up and cried on my shoulders. 26 years she said I taught children and you're the only one that made me almost quit. (laughs) Oh thanks a lot mom for the confidence there. She said I saw something special in you then but you didn't see it. Am I in somebody's water patch tonight? You know you are special, right? Because how do you know that, preacher? The Bible said you were wonderfully made. That makes you special. Oh, by the way, God breathed the breath of life in you. So if God kissed you, you are special. Mm. (laughs) I'm getting excited thinking about God kissing me. Breathing the breath of life into me. Are you with me? Say amen. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now what does it say? And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Some things you ask for, God don't want you to have. Now let me go back and read the verse of the song. My God is reconciled. His pardoning voice I hear. He owns me for his child. I can no longer fear. With confidence now, draw nigh and father. Abba, Father, cry. Aren't you glad that he's a God that loves us so much? He hears our voice and knows our voice. He knows exactly what we need, when we need it, and how long we need it. Do you have a good relationship with your father? Let me help somebody tonight. Your earthly father may not be a good example. But your heavenly father loves you regardless. I've heard this a lot in my life and I probably used it when I was younger. You just don't know how I was raised. I had a wonderful mom and daddy. Still got my daddy with me. I had a wonderful mom and daddy. We didn't have a lot. We didn't have a whole lot. I was talking to some the other day, and I remember when we lived on Amboy Road in Nashville. There's three of us boys, and we got one red wagon for three boys. Hey, we didn't know any better. We was tickled to get that wagon. One could pull, and two could ride. 
Now you know why I'm so big. You know who done most of the pulling. But we didn't know we was poor. We know we had love. We know we had food on the table. We had clothes on our back. We had a mom and a daddy that watched over us, took care of us. He's my father. I could depend on him. But so many want to blame their childhood and their circumstances. Listen, I was raised in a log house with coal oil lamps and a spring box. Outhouse. Number two wash tub. We were tickled to see it rain. Does anybody know why we was tickled to see it rain? Two reasons. You didn't have to work. <laughs> Second of all, you could catch water to wash your hair. How many knows that? You wash your hair. It, the water where we live was hard water. Your hair looked like that when you got it washed. But that good soft rainwater would make it just like silk. And we'd catch it and wash our hair when it was raining. You say, boy, you was raised hard. No, 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 friend. That's some of the best living I ever had. Country ham, fresh <laughs> cackle berries, groundhog, deer meat. I didn't eat beef till I was almost a teenager. But see, we can't blame it on that. Because we got a heavenly father. If we choose him, we do have a choice. Second Corinthians chapter number 5. And verse number 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He's my sweet daddy. He's my daddy-o, Abba, Father. And I say to any person in this building that's cheering my voice wherever you are, make sure he's your father. Make sure you know your name's written in the Lamb's book of life and you're living in the free pardon of sin. This scripture has told us and directed us that he should be a loving father to us. Stay with me. If you've been chastised lately, maybe it's because you're out of line. Uh, my earthly dad didn't ever whip me but four or five times, and I can tell you what it was for. And every time he whipped me, he didn't have to whip me much. As I'm 66 year old, and I still remember what he whipped me for back then. What are you saying? He knows how to correct his child. Amen. Heavenly Father knows how to correct us. If you haven't never made him your father, how do you expect him to answer your cries? You were born in sin. You have to be reborn to be a Christian. You have to come to the saving grace and the saving knowledge that Christ loves you cares for you. Let me read one more verse of that song. Arise my soul, arise. 
Shake off thy guilty fears, thy, the bleeding sacrifice in my behalf appears. Before the throne, my surety stands, my name is written on his hands. That's a powerful verse of a song, isn't it? My name is written on his hands. Do you realize when they were driving those spikes, nails in his hands, your name was already in his mind and his heart. And he was dying for you so you could live. His blood was shed that it could make remission for your sin, not his sins, but your sins. But it's sad that a lot of folks haven't claimed the blood to cover their sins. We live in the day and an hour right now when the world says you can live any way you want to. You can do anything you want to. Let me close with this. When I was in the movie Winter People and we were there getting ready, dressing us, putting on beards and what have you, even when we went to lunch. The mind thought of that crowd is you can do anything with anything with anybody anywhere anytime and still go to heaven. They proved that one day when the snow was flying and we were in a van, held 21 people and it was about 30 degrees that morning. A little fine blue snow about 30 mile an hour winds. And they got to talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And the crowd from California said, Oh, you can do all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll you want and still go to heaven. Well, the Holy Ghost exploded in me. I flew into preaching. I was in the very back of the bus with my wife and two boys. And when I got through preaching, there wasn't nobody left but the driver and the assistant driver and my family. They'd rather get out in the blinded snow, cold, than to hear the truth. How many times have you heard the truth and shunned it and turned your back on it? See, that crowd had made up their mind. They could go to heaven anyway, anyhow, anytime. But that's contrary to the word of God. You must be born again. And if you're born again, he is your father. But if you're not born again, guess what? He's not your father. He said it best. He said your father's the devil. Ye are your father, the devil. So you do have a father. But thank God we have a choice. Who have you chosen? Let us stand. You may have a need to come and cry out in this altar tonight as we bow our heads and close our eyes and call upon the name of Jesus right now. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. My sweet daddy.